In Taiwan Talk this week. Until December of last year, Cynthia Wu, or Wu Xinying, was known as a business executive and member of the Legislative Yuan. But that all changed when she was named vice presidential candidate by the Taiwan People's Party. She tells us about her journey from at-large lawmaker to her shot at the second highest elected position in the land and what she had hoped to achieve along the way. And I always find that my role is about building bridges, whether it's building bridges between the charities that we fund with the businesses that we own um, or in parliament you know, sharing these international best practices. I've been going to Davos and the World Economic Forum since 2011, so seeing a lot of these gaps and in terms of legislation and policy and where Taiwan could catch up, so then building sort of that bridge from, from a policy perspective. So in my um, 15 months, we were just taking inventory, in my 15 months here as legislator, I drafted 19 bills for my office. Some of them are full acts, like the Digital Signatures Act, the Digital Health Act, the AI Act, um, and the Sovereign Wealth Fund initiative that I've put forward. A lot of these things are gaps, like I said, um, that I see where Taiwan could accelerate change. And that's also why I decided to join the Taiwan People's Party, because four years ago it was actually an open application process. and. Um, to me, it was I didn't have to be um, part of a, be part of a political legacy. I didn't have to have an apprenticeship to be a manager in the legislator's office. It was literally like a college application, you know. And so I filled in my details. I figured there's probably very few people who have English as good as mine, worked and has a life insurance qualification in Taiwan, has also worked in the London financial industry and. Let's just see what happens. And so I was part of this legislator at large list, or this roster, as you will, and because there were only five seats that we obtained through this proportional representation, I was basically on a wait list, which didn't matter to me because the party literally only started three months before I joined them, and then the campaign and the election was actually less than six months when upon the inception of the party. So it was really kind of investing early, if you will, be part of this new political climate, seeking change beyond just the traditional two-party system we have in Taiwan. And then when I stepped in last, last November, it was November 2022, mm -hmm. um, I was seven months pregnant, and I was mountain climbing in eastern Turkey, and I got these messages on my phone once I got to a place with better reception and I had to come back quickly. I had three weeks to swear in. And then a year and two weeks into my legislative role, I was asked to become vice presidential candidate for Dr. Kowenja. How did you feel about that? <laughs> How did you feel about that? Well, it's very exhilarating. Um, it was very sudden. I found out on the day of the registration. And uh, everyone was hoping that Kuomintang and our party would joined forces, uh, but sadly we did not. And um, I sort of, I accepted it as a call of duty and I did the best that I could to help him. 
And I think, realistically speaking, you know, we are a startup. We've only been around for four years as the Taiwan People's Party. And so to get nearly 27% support, 26.5% to be exact, is fantastic. You know, so we've doubled our popular support in four years. So four years ago, we got 11% support, which translated into five seats. Now we got 22% support, which translated into eight seats. What are you going to miss the most about being in the Yuan? <laughs> That's like a full plate. What are you going to miss the most about being here? I've always thought my foray into politics was just another way to find other tools or other means to affect the change I want to see in Taiwan. So when I came to Parliament, I had the idea of financial reform for Taiwan, for example, in terms of a sovereign wealth fund, but also more specifically, perhaps to some of your um, audience, the um, Golden Visa and the um, ARC, it's not very friendly to foreigners um, in terms of getting them to onboard our financial system here for banking and other transactions. And, um, you know, I think Taiwan's financial reform is long overdue. I also think that we need to digitalize our economy, digitalize our government, and have... Um, well, not, not only right, I mean, now, of course, during the election campaign, everyone's talking about AI, you know, this is the future. But the reality is I'm thinking, hey, guys, we haven't even set rules for data on separating IT and OT, information technology and operating technology. We haven't even updated our Digital Signatures Act for 30 years. So I had um, funded my entire time here out of pocket. Apart from the government money that's given to my office researchers, I've actually donated my legislator role salary or my legislator salary in full and some more and some <laughs> to fund for all the policies that I want to see change for Taiwan. And so I would say that I treasured the time here. I knew I only had 15 months and I wanted to, at the time I said, which means, you know, because here as a legislator, it's a hard four-year stop. So, sorry, it's a four-year term. And so when I joined basically in year four, I was trying to make up for three days. So I was trying to say, I'm using one day like three days because I came in late. and I was a replacement candidate. And so when I became VP candidate, there were 50 days, so I said, so I'll use one day like five days. <laughs> so it was a real, um, yeah, acceleration of change and a lot of things happening. And it's been very exciting. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is that a lot of the issues that I've been interested in, environmental sustainability, financial sustainability, international connectivity, and digital transformation, like the bills I've mentioned earlier, and also the digital health initiative I've put forth in Parliament, all those are things that I've been seeing from the private sector and from all my international travels, attending all these global conferences of where Taiwan should go. And so I feel very fortunate to have this platform, if you will, to have this voice that was even further amplified. Because um, many people may not know, but the highest elected office in Taiwan, apart from president, 
is legislators, and there are currently 113 legislators. And if there's a funeral or sort of an official gathering, if the president doesn't show up, which often the president will not, the legislators actually get roll called before the ministers, because in terms of pecking order in parliament, the ministers have to answer to legislators. And so, you know, there are only 113 lawmakers, elected lawmakers of the land. And so that comes with huge responsibility and, and power and, you know, a voice. But at the same time, you know, now having this vice presidential campaign experience, it was even further amplified. So it was a great experience just to kind of talk about things that I care about um, just with a bigger microphone. That's how I see it. And then now that I'm stepping off, I will continue to follow up with these issues, but from the private sector through the foundation and then also through the legislators that our party have now put in parliament, but also some of the other legislators from other political parties that I've become close to and learned to respect because they're also very knowledgeable in the areas that they work in. So it's just, for me, my foray into politics is like building a bigger toolbox. You were listening to Cynthia Wu, former lawmaker and vice presidential candidate for the Taiwan People's Party. And that was this week's edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Hope Go. Now, if parts of this episode caught your interest, you can catch this and past episodes of Taiwan Talk on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. Thank you for tuning in.